What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday, December the 9th, or 18th, 2019. Uh, this is the Kingsman Report. This is a live podcast. Uh, it is the news everyone ignores. Uh, if you want to call in, the line is open. It's one four zero eight six three eight zero nine six eight, and the meeting ID is 534-233-4758, and I will monitor those phone calls as well. I'm going to go ahead and get situated here. And I will be right back. I have a whole bunch of news, including what the title is there. Um, so I'll have more on that. Uh, it's a pretty serious deal. And I think it's something that people need to come to the realization of. So um, ignore the clown show that's going on in the house right now that's broadcasting all over the radio and all over uh, iHeart and your TVs right now. And sit back and listen to some news that everybody ignores. By the way, my name is Ryan. Getting high in the sunrise with you. Getting through all the bad times with you. I wasn't missing a thing, no. And I wish that I could do this machine Cause time moves on And now you're gone Oh, if I 
All right. Like I said, my name is Ryan. This is the Kingsman Report live podcast. It's the news everyone ignores. And if this is your first time tuning in, um, what I usually do is I go through um, the little bit of news that, well, I mean, I have quite a few articles tonight, but I go through uh, all the articles before I get to the main article, which is um, this video is titled The Real Dealers and More. So I have some warnings on um, uh data breaches, uh, more scams that are going on uh, right around this time of year. Um, people are starting to, you know, steal from people. It's not only a time of giving, it's also for thieves, the time of taking. So I'm going to cover a whole bunch of stuff here tonight. So let's go ahead and get into this. Like I said, if you want to call in, the number is scrolling at the bottom of the screen, one four zero eight six three eight zero nine six eight, And the meeting ID is 534-233-4758. Uh, there is a chat running, and uh, there's it also, if anyone subscribes to the channel during uh, this live stream, it'll pop up in the middle of the screen. I also acknowledge that, just in case I miss it. Uh, for all of you who have uh, subscribed to the channel, I appreciate it. For all of you that listen to the podcast all over the world, I, I appreciate that very much. So, let's go ahead and get into this. So this is the new, uh, well, I don't know if this is new per se, but this is the latest of uh, scams they have going on. This is fake barcodes on gift cards prompt police warnings to Christmas shoppers. So apparently, we have goons going around and putting a falsified stripe on the back of gift cards. And when you take that card up to the uh, register to to apply money to it and they scan it in it's not putting money on that gift card but it's going to another one uh this is like the newest clever scam they're running right now yesterday i covered uh barcode uh or uh, pos uh, skimmers in gas station pump um atms or whatever they're called uh, that's not new that's been going on it goes on around here where i'm at in oklahoma um so this is just uh, one of the, the latest ones they have going on. So it says the Grinch apparently isn't the only one looking to steal Christmas. Police in Florida are warning holiday shoppers this week that scammers have been placing fake barcodes on gift cards at stores. Scammers are putting out their own barcodes, are printing out their own barcodes and placing them over the actual gift card barcode at local retailers. The Boca Raton Police Department wrote on Facebook on Monday. When the card is activated, the money is added to the scammer's card instead of the card being purchased. The department said fraudulent barcodes were recently discovered by a Walgreens store employee, WPTV of West Palm Beach reported. Police recommend making sure the barcode on the back of the card matches the number on the packaging itself and they suggest checking for stickers placed over the barcodes and choosing a gift card in the middle or back of the rack. Criminals will likely go for the front cards because they can uh, they can commit the crime more quickly, the department said. Some of these articles I'm going to cover tonight are fairly short. Some of them are long. Some of them I won't go into completely. Um, but as always, all the links are posted in the description underneath the video if you're curious or you want to read more into 
the article from where I stopped, feel free to go and, and check those out. And by the way, if you like uh, this video or this live stream, feel free to uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, I talk about uh, data breaches. I talk about riots, wars, um, basically just a bunch of stuff that people ignore. Uh, we we, we kind of seem, because of our lives are so busy and stressed out, busy with family and different types of things, um, we just kind of look over the little things. And it's usually little things like this that get us. So I... I I kind of just put this stuff out there. I leave the bigger stuff up to the guys that I watch. They they uh, cover some of that stuff. They've got a lot more viewers than I do, so I kind of just I, I I I don't uh, I don't try to cover what they cover. Sometimes we all cover the same stuff. They can elaborate on a lot of the stuff better than I can. Um, but a lot of the stuff is just it's coming back into fruition. So it was predominant back whenever I got into this and it's kind of, it kind of it never really kind of went away but as we go into this artificial intelligence uh, dystopia type society that they're pushing on us as a convenience then we're going to see more and more of this stuff ramp up and kind of be in our face now so they're kind of trying to get us to accept the fact that this is the future and you either uh, you know follow the leader or get left behind so this is where we're headed, and I just kind of read the news and let you know of hacks, let you know of data breaches, let you know of riots, wars. Uh, you know, I, I haven't really talked about it, but what's going on over in Virginia right now is a serious ordeal, and if they go to take those people's firearms over there, uh, we may see something very, very serious happen in uh, Virginia. So uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, cooler heads prevail and that they, they don't have to, uh, no one has to fire the first shot. No, you know, on either side, whether it be military, law enforcement, National Guard, any of those things. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the rest of this stuff. Like I said, some of these are short, some of them are long. I'm only going to cover maybe a quarter to half of some of the long ones. And if you feel like you want to go read more, the links are in the description below. Feel free. Uh, also, feel free to chat. If any of these articles you want to talk about these, you can uh, call 1408638968 and enter the meeting ID. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen. If you have any articles you ever want to send me, uh, that is the uh, Kingsman Report 2019 at gmail.com. This is another hack that took place. Lab test results stolen and hacked 15 million patient records. An open letter from a medical testing company is never a good thing. A Canadian company specializing in administering a laboratory test, Life Labs, announced on December 17th that it had been a victim of a data breach affecting up to 15 million customers. And yes, at least some of those patients' test results were reportedly accessed by the unnamed culprits. While a lot of questions still remain, what details we do have aren't exactly reassuring. For example, Life Labs claimed it discovered the breach in October, but says it's only notifying patients now in mid-December after hiring outside security experts because it wanted to make sure it understood the scope of the mess. And it took over a month to determine that scope perhaps speaks what a mess it really is. 
According to the company's announcement, hackers could have accessed customers' names, addresses, emails, login credentials, passwords, birthdays, health card numbers, and lab test results. Although it should be noted, Life Labs insists that only 85,000 customers may have had their test results accessed. Oh, phew. We recently identified a cyber attack that involved unauthorized access to our computer system, and we are sorry that this incident happened. The data had been retrieved, and law enforcement investigation is underway. For more info, and you can visit the website right there. So I'm not going to go completely into this. This is kind of outside of... Uh, I have people listen to the podcast all over. This is out of uh, Canada, so uh, it doesn't really have to do anything back here. I'm in Oklahoma. Um, we see crime here, but it's not uh, as exponential as it is in a lot of more highly populated cities and states. Uh, kind of just, we have, you know, burglaries, robberies, mainly drug addicts, uh, home invasions, things like that. Drug and alcohol charges, things of, of that nature. We don't we don't really deal, deal with a whole bunch of stuff. We have had skimmer problems here. So this is interesting. It says Apple, Google, Microsoft, Dale, and Tesla are sued over alleged child labor in Congo. As an international advocacy group has accused Apple, Google, Microsoft, Dale, and Tesla of knowingly benefiting from the use of young children to mine cobalt in the Democratic Republic of Congo. International rights advocates filed a federal class action against the five companies in Washington, D.C. on Sunday, where the group is based. The complaint claims that firms, quote, are knowingly benefiting from and aiding and abetting the cruel and brutal use of young children to mine cobalt in extremely dangerous conditions. The defendants have known for, quote, a significant period of time that Congo's mining sector is, quote, dependent upon children, the complaint said adding that cobalt mined in the region is listed as a good uh, produced by child labor or forced labor by the U.S. Department of Labor. The world's biggest metal exchange is getting serious about child labor and conf conflict materials. Further, the horrors of the plight of these children has been widely reported in the media. The complaint said citing reports about the cobalt pipeline published by the Washington Post, The Guardian, and others. Cobalt is a major component of lithium-ion batteries found in virtually every rechargeable electronic gadget. Two-thirds of the world's cobalt comes from Congo. In a 2018, a CNN investigation found that child labor and corruption was still rife there. Many companies, including Tesla, told CNN at the time that they were unable to fully trace out their supply chains due to what they described as complex nature of sourcing the precious metal. But the electric car maker also said it sourced most of its cobalt from suppliers outside of Congo and was, quote, committed to only sourcing responsibly produced materials. Apple was one of the only few companies to reveal their suppliers to CNN. A new suit was filed on behalf of more than a dozen anonymous plaintiffs who were described as, quote, guardians of children killed in tunnel or wall collapses while mining or, quote, children who were maimed in such accidents. The complaint details several cases involving children, and it claims, it claims were injured, including one boy who slipped and fell while working in a mine and is now completely paralyzed from his chest down. 
Apple declined to comment about the specific allegations in the lawsuit. In a statement to CNN Business, the company said that it remains, quote, deeply committed to the responsible sourcing of materials that go into our products. Since 2016, we have published a full list of our identified cobalt refiners every year, 100% of which are participating in independent third-party audits, a spokesperson said. Quote, if a refiner is unable or unwilling to meet our standards, they will be removed from our supply chain. We've removed six cobalt refiners in 2019. I'm not going to go completely into the article, but if you want to read more about it, like I said, the link is in the description below. There's also a very interesting um, article here. I talk often about artificial intelligence, how it is invading our privacy. I've talked about the exploitation of ring doorbells, um, how the police departments were getting secret contacts through Ring, who is owned by Amazon, now is owned by Amazon or has been acquired by Amazon. And also, uh, hackers, well, there was a data breach. Hackers got a hold of information of people's IPs, uh, passwords, all types of information, access to their security cameras, as well as their doorbells. And there's videos all over YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. Where these hackers are talking to young girls in the house. Uh, very creepy stuff. Well, now it seems, uh, like this article says here, cars are secretly spying on us. Your car is likely capturing hundreds of data points about you and you're driving and secretly sending it to the manufacturer. Hacking into a 2017 Chevrolet, the Washington Post, tech writer Jeffrey Fowler learned that the car had been tracking his location, monitoring activity, the cell phone he had connected, and collecting other data points that it sent straight to General Motors. It's a disturbing revelation that serves as yet another reminder that digital privacy is a myth. Big data money. If he hadn't hacked into the car, with the help of an engineer, Fowler never would have learned about the comprehensive data collection and tracking. It wasn't disclosed anywhere on the car or in the instruction manual, and most troubling, none of the information legally belonged to him. Massive stores of users' data are incredibly valuable to tech companies and investors, and cars are just another vehicle. Sorry through which they can extract it. It goes on to say hive mine. It turns out the 2017 Chevy had hidden network of interconnected computers that record and transmit a staggering 25 gigabytes of data every hour, some of which remained inaccessible during the attempted digital break-in. Aside from creepy business practices, the hush-hush data collection poses a security risk. Hacking into the Chevy revealed the travel patterns of the car's owner, along with phone numbers and addresses of people who the owner called. Meanwhile, General Motors denied any wrongdoing, pointing towards dense fine print in the customer contract. So it looks like one giant leap for man and two giant leaps for AI. So they are slowly rolling us into this artificial intelligent dystopia where the electronics are going to be snitching on us for everything, um, tracking everywhere you go, scanning your face, scanning your your fingerprints, all your you know your uh, your 
data on your cell phone is is being sent to them. So um, you can say goodbye to your privacy. Uh, it's pretty much gone. But I I can imagine as we get closer to uh, the future, um, everything's going to be controlled by artificial intelligence. This is a very long article. Um, I'm only going to read a little bit of it because this is uh, this information has been out there. Uh, people just kind of you know blow it off. They don't care that this isn't bad for you. All they care about is how fast their phone can go, how fast can they download a song or a video, or um, how smoothly can they watch stream a, a video on their cell phone. No one cares about the health risk. I mean, maybe they do, but I think it's just the convenience of the internet speeds that people are more concerned about rather than their own health. Uh, we kind of got into that now, too. No one really, you know, everyone's just, uh, they want entertainment, they want it now. So now we're getting to the point people would rather disregard their health for, uh, you know, procuring easier access to information at faster high speeds. And, you know, who cares if, if they die from it? Who cares, you know? We just want convenience, fast internet, and loads of information as fast as we can get it. So that's where we're at. And uh, we fell for the okie doke because now it's like every time they put something out, we jump all over it. You know, the next newest phone, uh, the sleekest phone, the coolest car, uh, all this stuff. And we're not, I mean, they could give us cancer in a, in a phone, just radiated cell phone and hand it to you and say this is the fastest phone in the world and if it was fast and we enjoyed it we wouldn't care that it caused cancer which i mean there's studies out to say some of those do i mean they all admit radiation so that's not a uh, that's not anything new so this article says scientists say 5g may pose health risks call for a moratorium nerdist this is from the nerdist as while it may seem like cell phone usage has received a pass in terms of whether or not it poses a danger to people's DNA and cellular makeup, it turns out that it's not actually the case. While billions of people use their smartphones around the globe near constant, uh, constantly, a group of scientists who specialize in studying the effects of electromagnetic fields, EMS, have come out uh, to warn the world the possible uh, deleterious effects of EMF radiation incurred from using cell phones, and now they are saying that with 5G, the damage EMF radiation may be causing to people's physiology could become worse. We have no reason to believe 5G is safe and the technology is coming, but contrary to what some people say, there could be health risk. In a new op-ed in Scientific America via Futurism, Director of Center for Family and Community Health at UC Berkeley's School of Public Health, Joe Moskowitz, says that he and his colleagues believe it's their ethical responsibility to inform the public about what peer-reviewed scientific literature tells us about the health risk from what wireless radiation uh, risk from wireless radiation. He notes that the jury is still out when it comes to whether or not radio frequency radiation are RFR is detrimental to people's health over the course of sustained heavy cell phone usage, but says that uh, the preponderance of peer-reviewed research from more than 500 studies have found harmful biologic or health effects from exposure to RFR at intensities too low to cause significant heating. 
meaning RFR at levels that are exposed to on a daily basis may actually be harmful. So if you want to read more on this, I, I, I put this out here because this is something that I reiterate on constantly. I, I constantly tell people this is bad for you. And people, uh, anytime I say, whether it's in, you know, the inoculations, the 5G, whether it's in the, uh, um, the genetically modified organisms they put in the food, the HEC-293 cells they put in the food, whether it's... Uh, thimerosal they put in the inoculations whatever it is i i'm not a, a doctor a scientist you know i read enough information and i hear enough from people who are doctors and scientists by reading their news articles watching their videos reading the um the booklet on the inside of the inoculations to know that this stuff is created to harm and not help um they just assume the computers take over, have a little bit of uh, people in, the, in uh, the, I guess, middle class under the 1% in the peak of this, you know what I'm talking about, that can actually work on the equipment. While the other people are just out there, um, you know, being a organic material fried by RFR waves, RF waves, uh, dying from uh, GMOs, thimerosal inoculations, whatever it may be. Uh, and we're just over here, a whole bunch of us shooting flares up, telling people, wake up, wake up. You know, we tell you the food, some of the food is getting poisoned, which is going to be more predominant in the future, mark my words. And other people are going to start to say this in the future. It's already happening in China. People aren't paying attention to any of this stuff over there and the way they prep this stuff. Now all the pork is getting poisoned and it's people are dropping like flies. They've had black plague over there. Um, so we're just waiting. I mean... Uh, we're going to get to the point now they've got us so dependent upon this stuff here that we're so asleep right now we don't want to pay attention to what's going on. We just want to have what they, or we just want to get what they offer us and feel comfortable in our own zone and go to sleep while they pillage us for everything we've got. All of our natural resources, your health, you're nothing but a dollar sign to these people. Y'all got to wake up. When they look at you, they see money signs. That's all this is to them. NASA discovers a new kind of explosion on the sun. This is kind of like, a, I guess, a CME, sort of. Uh, NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory has observed a magnetic explosion, the likes of which have never been seen before. In the scorching upper reaches of the sun's atmosphere, Excuse me. A prominence, a large loop of material launched by an eruption on the solar surface started falling back to the surface of the sun. But before it could make it, the prominence ran into a snarl of magnetic field lines, sparking a magnetic explosion. Scientists have previously seen the explosive snap and realignment of tangled magnetic field lines on the sun, a, a process known as magnetic reconnection, but never one that had been triggered by a nearby eruption. The observation, which confirms a decade-old theory, may help scientists understand a key mystery about the sun's atmosphere and better predict, predict space weather and may also lead to breakthroughs in the controlled fusion and lab plasma experiments. This was the first observation of an external driver of magnetic reconnection, said this long name here, Abhishek Srivastava, 
Solar Scientist and India Institute of Technology, BHU, in Varanasi, India. Uh, this could be very useful for understanding other systems. For example, Earth's and planetary magnetospheres, other magnetized plasma sources, including experiments at laboratory scales where plasma is highly diffusive and very hard to control. Previously, a type of magnetic reconnection known as spontaneous reconnection has been seen in both on the Sun and around the Earth. But this new explosion-driven type called force reconnection had never been seen directly, though it was first theorized 15 years ago. The new observ obser observations sorry, have just been published in Astrophysical Journal. The previously observed spontaneous reconnection requires a region with just the right conditions, such as having a thin set of ionized gas or plasma that only weakly conducts electric, electric current in order to occur. However, it can only occur if there is some type of eruption to trigger it. The eruption squeezes the plasma and magnetic fields, causing them to reconnect. While sun, sun's jumble of magnetic field lines are invisible, they nonetheless affect the material around them. A soup of ultra-hot charged particles known as plasma. The scientists were able to study this plasma using observations from NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, or SDO, looking specifically at wavelength of light showing particles heated 1 to 2 million kelvins, or 1.8 3.6 million degrees Fahrenheit. The observations allowed them to directly see the forced reconnection event for the first time in the solar corona, the sun's uppermost atmospheric layer. In a series of images taken over an hour, a prominence in the corona could be seen falling back into that photosphere. En route, the prominence ran into a snarl of magnetic field lines, causing them to reconnect in a distinct X shape. So I'll run this. I don't think it's going to have any sound, but I'm going to go ahead and run this for you guys, and hopefully I won't get hemmed up on this. In the scorching upper reaches of the sun's atmosphere, a corona, scientists have just seen a new type of magnetic explosion. The explosion, known as forced or controlled magnetic reconnection, is triggered by an eruption on the sun, which causes tangled magnetic field lines to explosively snap and realign, shooting up particles and energy. The discovery may help scientists understand a key mystery about how the corona, the sun's outermost layer, is millions of degrees hotter than layers below it. Previously, scientists had only seen spontaneous reconnection, which is not necessarily linked to an eruption or external forcing on the sun. The forced reconnection event was clearly visible when the scientists used observations from NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory to look at a wavelength of light showing plasma heated to 6 million degrees. The data showed a prominence, a large loop of plasma moving up from the visible surface of the sun, the photosphere. In a series of images taken over an hour, the prominence could be seen falling back into the photosphere. En route, the prominence ran into a snarl of magnetic field lines, causing them to reconnect in a distinct X shape. The data from the event showed that the prominence, which was fairly cool relative to the blistering corona, gained heat from the event. The temperature of the reconnection point was also elevated. This suggests that forced reconnection might be one way the corona is heated locally. The scientists are continuing to look for more forced reconnection events. 
With more observations, they can begin to understand the mechanics behind the reconnection and how often it might happen. Goes on to say, spontaneous reconnection offers one explanation for how hot the solar atmosphere is. Mysteriously, the corona, the corona is millions of degrees hotter than lower atmospheric layers, a conundrum that has led solar scientists for decades to search for what mechanism is driving that heat. If you want to go further into this article, breaking news. Just popped up on my feed here. This says the second one pull this. Hang on just a second here. So breaking news, I just got this on my phone. 733 here where I'm at. Uh it says breaking news. House majority impeaches President Trump. So from here, we shall go to the Senate. We'll inevitably fail. Uh, but I'm not going to get into all that. It's a clown show. But like I was saying, if you would like to read more into this article, the link is in the description below. And you can go and find it there. This came out yesterday. Uh, this says, since feeding the homeless is illegal, activists carry AR-15s to give out food supplies. And there's the pictures there. And this is insanity. This guy also has a sidearm here. Looks as if it is a revolver, possibly a 38. Uh... Dallas, Texas, feeding and clothing homeless in the land of the free has now become a revolutionary act. Luckily, however, there are still good people willing to carry that act out. In December 2014, the Dallas City Council enacted Ordinance No or Ordinance Number, sorry, 29595, which makes it illegal to serve food to the homeless without jumping through a status myriad of bureaucratic hoops, including a fee, training classes, and written notices. One should not need to file multiple forms and pay a fee to obtain a permit to give food to those in need who are willingly ready to accept it. The folks at Don't Comply know this. Over the weekend, the aptly named organization Don't Comply and dozens of volunteers from children to adults alike took to the streets of Dallas to hand out food, sleeping bags, clothing, and tents to the areas less fortunate. As TFTP has reported on a numerous occasions, oftentimes police will swoop in and shut down those who would dare defy the authority of the state and conduct charity without a permit. However, most organizations aren't like don't comply. So if, if you're giving, if you're if you're taking time out of your schedule, I I okay. So I, I'm gonna start here. Um. I was raised in the church. Um, I learned to do homeless ministry at a young age. I traveled the United States. I did homeless ministry. I ministered to homeless youth um, who didn't necessarily accept us at first. I've been spit on. I've had rocks thrown at me. Um, all that stuff. I've worked with the homeless all 
all the way up until recently. Um, and I kind of, uh, have taken a break from it. So you're telling me when people, uh, take time out of their schedules to go help the less fortunate you could probably risk being fined for not following a city ordinance for giving charity to somebody less fortunate so you want money from these people probably have to buy the permits i'm gonna imagine it's just like the whole one that they have all these city ordinance i don't know how it is in the rest of the country but i know down here in this part of the country in some cities there are ordinances where you have to go down to um whatever the the city office or whatever it's called um and buy a permit to even have a garage sale in most little towns um i know where i was living at in kansas you had to do that um, they sign all these weird ordinances and then you have to go pay money in order to give freely give something that you've bought that, that you've spent your hard-earned money on to give to somebody to help benefit them keep them warm feed them and clothe them. Something we're called to do as followers of Messiah. And now you got to pay the state overlords money in order to go help other human beings survive. This is the police state we're heading into. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can't make, it's going to get to the point to a cashless, cashless society that you can't even have a garage sale. Uh, they don't want cash on the street because you can make underhand transactions to whoever you want to, and they don't get their cut. They want their cut. That's how this works. They're they tired of losing out on the money, so they want to enforce all these ordinances, regulations, laws, whatever you want to call them, so that they're getting their cut. That's why they want to go to a cashless society. We're almost there. Think of it this way. When you go to work every day, um, if you don't cash your check, it just shows up as digital numbers in a bank account. Some people don't even see the cash unless you go and withdraw from an ATM or you go to cash the uh, check directly. You basically work for a bunch of ones and zeros. We're headed there. Some of us are already there. Um, this is the whole entire reason why they want to get outside of this, uh, you know, cash is king society and go into uh, a cashless society. I've already told you in a prior video, in a prior podcast, that the Federal Reserve was in talks about creating their own cryptocurrency that runs on the blockchain, where there's checks and balances, where they can track transactions, where they can track you by your wallet, while they, they can do all these things if it's on a blockchain. It's more secure than just having cash out there on the streets. It'll probably alleviate, uh, you know, selling illegal substances on the streets, uh, all those types of things, if the federal government can track it um, through a blockchain-type network. We're on the way there. I've talked about the real ID. I've talked about uh, uh, Alliance, the, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's called ID Alliance 20-something. 20, 20 Can't even remember the name of it. Anyways, where they want to put uh, the chip in your hand. It has Gavi, which is Big Pharma. It has Rockefeller Foundation, which funded. It has Microsoft, Bill Gates. It has uh, all these different corporations that want to put all your information onto a tiny chip to where you can go cashless and you can have your debit card information, your ID, your medical, your uh, all the everything, everything on, on a chip in your hand. They're rolling it out in Florida. 
This is a story that is slowly coming out, but it is, it's already happening in Austin. It's happening in Oregon. It's happening in Florida. They're, they're going after the homeless population, and they're telling the homeless population, you can either go with us, get this chip, or you're gonna, we're going to lock you up in a facility for trespassing. One gentleman said he stayed there for like 30 to 60 days on a trespassing charge because he refused to take the chip in his hand. This is where we're headed. You guys, if you're listening to this, I don't care where you are, uh, whether you're in France, Taiwan, Poland, um, Kenya, wherever. You're talking about one world government. One world. A new world order. Everywhere. This is going to happen everywhere. And pretty soon, this land of the free or your idea of freedom, it's, it's going to be gone. And it's partly we're partly responsible for that fact because none of us stood up to do anything about it. We welcomed it in. We were okay with it. They sold it to us as a convenience, and we accepted it. And now because we've accepted it, this is where we're at. This is the reality of things. Evil prevails because good men, good men do nothing along those lines. And we're slowly heading towards this. This is ridiculous, but I digress. I went way off topic here. It says, as they took to the streets this weekend, many of the members of the organization open carry their weapons, and this was done not out of an act of intimidation, but merely to assert rights as well as protect them. The resolent heavy-armed group of do-gooders effectively staved off any attempts by police to shut down the charitable efforts. Be the Need 2019 um, it says, We spoke to one of the participants who also happens to be a good friend of mine, Luis Fernando uh, Mises, who explained why the groups carry weapons. When the system makes it illegal to feed people without a license, the unintended consequences are that we become criminals when we feed homeless people in the street, he said. What we do then is get on an equal playing field with the system and then and, and we demonstrate that we can still help people and we do it peacefully with guns. Success and just like that, good people disobeying bad laws while being well armed had a positive effect on the world. Those in need were given supplies that may ultimately save their lives over the harsh winter and all of it was done in spite of, quote, the law. It says armed activists with the group Don't Comply held an unpermitted event Saturday in Dallas, Texas, where they gave food, winter clothes, and blankets to the homeless, and the group carried guns as a deterrent to police interrupting their event. It is illegal to feed the homeless people if you don't jump through all the hoops and licenses, said organizer Murdoch Pizgati. So we come down here well-armed because we're not going to let anyone stop us. You guys want to read more into this article? The link is in the description, and you can feel free to do that. This upsets me because this is where my passion was. This is where I did ministry at, and you're going to tell me that i got to pay the state in order to go out and give somebody a sandwich. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. It's ridiculous. Not saying this is true, this next article here, but it says Nevada accuses the U.S. government of, quote, secret plutonium smuggling. So, this is at Reno, Reno, Nevada. Nevada wants a federal judge to declare illegal what it calls the government's 
quote, secret plutonium smuggling operation and ordered the removal of weapons-grade material already shipped to a security site north of Las Vegas over the state's objections. The latest filing in a year-long legal battle asked U.S. District Judge Miranda uh, Dew in Reno to reject the government's motion to dismiss the state's lawsuit. Nevada is challenging, challenging the Energy Department's covert shipment of a highly radioactive material from South Carolina last year. The department insists the issue is moot because it already has promised that no more plutonium will be brought to Nevada. DOE's decision to transport plutonium from South Carolina to Nevada has been consummated and cannot be, quote, undone, uh, the government said in a motion to dismiss the lawsuit last month. It says the Atomic Energy Act of 1954 gives the U.S. sole responsibility for regulation of radioactive material in that the Supreme Court has said the state states have, quote, no role in its transportation, handling, and disposal. Nevada said the government's legal arguments are, quote, nearly as hazardous to the nation as the plutonium that is sneaked into the state. DOE shamelessly calls uh, DOE shamelessly claims that its covert violations of environmental laws and its creation of a radiological public nuisance are unreviewable by both the judiciary and the state injured by the federal government's secret plutonium smuggling operation. Nevada, Nevada Attorney General Aaron Ford wrote in Monday's filing, DOE wants Nevada and the court to stay by I, to stand by idly while it inflicts ecological damage with impunity. Government says any potential harm to Nevada is speculative, and there is not now and never has been a live case or controversy before the federal courts because Nevada has filed to fail to articulate a concrete and particularized injury in, injury of its own that is threatened by now completed shipments. The Energy Department said in its motion. Nevada says the government, citing national security, repeatedly has refused to provide classified details it needs to further characterize the risk. It says the department violated the National Environment Policy Act by failing to complete the necessary reviews before shipping the plutonium. And earlier this year, the judge refused to temporarily ban shipments to Nevada after the government disclosed in January it already had trucked in half a metric ton of plutonium. Dew said the matter was moot because the plutonium was already there. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed to refuse to overturn that decision in August. But, I believe this is the same court that wants uh, women to go topless in the state of Oklahoma. And it was shot down here. Uh, the San Francisco-based court declined to consider a new request to force removal of the material because Nevada's original lawsuit didn't ask for it. A judge in Reno agreed in October to allow the state to change its lawsuit to include that request. The updated complaint says that regardless of any mootness related to further shipments, the court has power to order removal of the plutonium. I'm going to keep following this to see what happens, but it seems uh, they can do what they want, but you can't feed the homeless. And you better eat your um, candies there and stay dumbed down and docile and wash it down with your fluoride.
this is just a little short. It says Australia endures hottest day on record. Australia has experienced its hottest day on record with the national average temperature reaching a high of 40.9 degrees Celsius or 105.6 degrees Fahrenheit, meteorologist says. Gotten, uh, pretty hot like that around these parts. This is the Bureau of, well, I guess with a heat index. Bureau of uh, Meteoro Medi Meteorology bomb said extensive heat on Tuesday tipped the mercury past the previous record of 40.3 degrees Celsius on January 2013. Taking the average of maximum temperatures across the country is the most accurate measures of a heat wave. The record comes as the nation battles a severe drought and bushfire crisis. Forecasters have predicted the most intense heat would come later in the week, meaning the record could be broken again. As hundreds of fires rage, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has been criticized for his response to national disasters and his government's climate policies. Why has this happened now? Australia's heated up this week as mass of hot air swept east across the continent, with meteorologists forecasting severe to extreme heat wave conditions. Several individual heat records for towns and cities have already been shattered, and on Tuesday, several areas across the nation's center recorded temperatures above 45 degrees Celsius. At the start of the week, Perth, the capital of Western Australia, recorded three days in a row above 40 degrees Celsius, a record for December. The dominant climate driver behind the heat has been a positive Indian Ocean uh, Dipole, or IOD, an event where sea surface temperatures are warmer in western half of the ocean and cooler in the east. The climate phenomenon uh, liking floods and brush fires, while Australia will see a long and dangerous summer. The differences between the two temperatures is currently the strongest in 60 years, and the warmer waters cause higher than average rains in the western Indian Ocean region, leading to flooding and drier conditions across East Asia and Australia. But Australia has been enduring a drought for a long time, several years in some places. Bomb says the dirty soil has meant less evaporation, evaporation which would normally exert a cooling influence on the landscape. If you want to read more of that, the uh, link is in the description. Like I said, if you tune into this, um, you can call in live. The number is 1408-638-0968. I usually go live Sunday through Friday at 7 p.m. And if you have any articles, then you can send them to KingsmanReport2019 at gmail.com. This next article says dinosaurs may have been poisoned before they became extinct, study reveals. Says prior to their asteroid-linked extinction, dinosaurs were already struggling to survive due to a sharp increase in mercury levels caused by massive volcano eruption, according to a new study. Researchers looked at fossilized marine mollusk shells from across the globe. The researchers discovered what appears to be global signal of both abrupt ocean warming and distinctly elevated mercury concentrations caused by the mass eruption of Deccan Traps in India, according to a statement accompanying the study. For the first time, we can provide insight into the distinct climate and environmental impacts of Deccan Traps volcanism by analyzing a single material, said Kyle Meyer, uh, lead author of the new study, in a statement. It was incredibly surprising to see that the exact same samples where marine temperatures showed an abrupt warming signal also exhibited the highest mercury concentrations, 
and that these concentrations were of similar magnitude to site of significant moderation, modern industrial mercury contamination. Prior to their asteroid, uh, that's a good picture. So it says the study has been published in the scientific journal Nature Communications. The level of mercury in the ancient shells was comparable to the freshwater clam shells that the researchers collected from Virginia's South River contaminated site. The study's co-author, Sierra Peterson, said the area was fishing has a fishing ban because of the high levels of mercury. Mercury anomalies have been documented in sediments, but never before in shells, Peterson added. Having the ability to reconstruct both climate and volcanism indicator in the exact same materials helps us circumvent lost lots of problems related to relative dating. So one of the the big first in the study is the technical proof of concept. Mercury is a highly toxic metal that not only results in significant health issues in humans, but fish and wildlife as well. Volcanic eruptions are the largest producer of naturally occurring mercury. The fossilized shells which contain mercury give new credence to the idea that mercury poisoning may have negatively impacted the dinosaurs. So if you want to read more into this, the link is in the um, description below. Uh, I did a video that's titled Into the Fog where they found uh, heightened levels of mercury in animals over on the east coast as well. That they're trying to, to discover or, you know, figure out where uh, where they're getting these and they think it's possibly from eating something that's already contaminated with mercury and then they're getting mercury and then they're storing the mercury in them. And that's why they're testing for high levels of mercury in their system. So I talk a lot about Turkey and I always talk about how I believe Turkey is going to be uh, one of the catalysts over in the Middle East for what happens. I say it a lot. Um, and sorry, my phone is like blowing up with news articles and other people doing videos right now and, uh, you know, house and passing the impeachment of Trump and all that stuff. Like I said, it's going to get shot now in the Senate. They're just, this is, this is my deal with that. Like, and, and I, I don't like, I just try to stay outside of this stuff, but I don't understand why people are so upset that a billionaire became president. But they don't mind the, the same party that they serve spending millions of their taxpaying dollars to go on this. I mean, I mean, all the evidence. Now you got all these dudes coming out and saying, well, they were at fault for filing all this paperwork with false claims in order to get the, the documents in order to even start this process. And they don't mind that they're spending millions of dollars to go through this clown show right now. They don't care. It's, a, it's our tax money as well, you know, on this side, but I don't know. It's ridiculous. But anyways, um, so I talk about how I believe that Turkey will be the catalyst for what happens in the WW Trace over there. And um, it just seems that, you know, whenever we say that we're going to, um, I, I guess, uh, was the Congress said something about, uh, yeah, uh, here. Yeah, there's a, a, a Washington for a recent uh, U.S. bill that recognized the 1950 Armenian genocide. So, um, and then I guess, you know, Trump, on the other hand, said that it wasn't necessarily a genocide. Well, now because of that, and this happened yesterday, some other people had posted this as well. 
what also happened is now, um, now uh, Erdogan is saying that he's going to recognize the huge massacre of the uh, U.S. Native American population as a genocide as well. So now we're in this little just feud about this. So it says Erdogan threatens uh, recognition of genocide of Native Americans in tit for tat. It's basically just an exchange of words. If you're going to say I did this or my people did this and we're going to say your people did that. All the while, you know, they got all this stuff going on with Libya over there. They're escorting boats out of the Mediterranean from Cyprus, uh, Israeli research vessels. Uh, you have Turkey that's over here acting, you know, kind of weird in the way they're staging outside of a, a nuclear uh, plant over on our east coast. You have all this staging going around. You have the S-400s on the um, Arctic, Arctic edge of the continent of Russia. You have... Turkey buying S-400s, you have Turkey testing S-400s, you have Erdogan buying more S-400s, you have um, Erdogan buying drones that you can operate three by one person that have machine guns with precision accuracy. You have all this staging going on, and that's just the, the minuscule parts of what's going on right now. This is just recent. I'm talking, if you, you can go back, you know, a few months ago, listen to some other guys. A few months, you can go all the way back. They, they were doing this and even more than this so you got all this stuff going on in preparation for who knows what some guys may know what but we don't necessarily as a people i think before they tell us it's going to be too late um so just i mean uh pray and, and prepare as much as you can you know so this article goes on to say is this how turkish president i just call him Erdogan, plans to get back at washington for the recent bill uh, that recognizes the 1915 Armenian Genocide. Last month, he warned Trump directly of dire consequences if the term, quote, genocide is formalized in U.S. law. And now, according to The Independent, Erdogan says Turkey could, in turn, give legal recognition to the mass killing of Native Americans by European settlers and American colonists in the latest tit-for-tat move against the congressional resolution. Can we speak about our, our America without mentioning Native Americans? Is a shameful moment in U.S. history, Erdogan said in a televised interview this week, raising the threat of a reciprocal measure. Theoretically, such Turkish legislation would mean the Turkish government cannot associate itself with any event or institution which involved denial of genocide of Native Americans. I am part Cherokee myself. Most people that live in this state are, if you can't tell. Um... Speaking on the pro-government at uh, Haber News Channel, he said, we should oppose the U.S. by reciprocating such decisions in Parliament, and that that is what we'll do. Can we speak about America without mentioning Native Americans? Is it is it a shameful moment in U.S. history? Thus far, Dogan has remained unwavering in the face of U.S. sanction threats over Turkey's procurement of Russia S-400 systems after the blockade of F-35 jet transfers. Um, also... I don't know if you guys, some people talked about this, some people didn't talk about this. Dabu7 talked about this, other other guys that listened to didn't necessarily talk about this, but Erdogan, after he got the first sanctions from uh, our government, went to Xi Jinping and he got money from him, probably to, you know, acquire more uh, military weapons or to help kind of pad his government while he... Um, while he's running amok over in the Middle East and Syria and, and doing everything that he's doing over there. So, um, 
I think this guy is pretty much going to do whatever he wants to. They said, don't test the S-400s. He goes over there and they test the S-400s. And then they don't say anything after that. It's like, oh, they're not going to do anything. And then, you know, we're having this whole argument on, on you know, genocide stuff. I'm just reading the article. I'm not, I'm not going to speculate. I have my feelings about um, what happened back then. I'm not going to speculate on it necessarily because I both your I have European ancestry and I have Native American ancestry so I'm kind of you know both ways mother's English father's uh, Cherokee Irish so. but it is in my heritage we fought in the Battle of Horseshoe Bend the Battle of 1812 my ancestors go all the way back to then so uh, it says, but the Armenian genocide issue has long been a sore spot and deeply sensitive issue for the Turkish state. Turkey says many religious minorities died, but disputes that the, that Ottoman troops specifically targeted ethno-religious groups like Armenian, Greek, and Assyrian Christians as a matter of carrying out uh, genocidal policies. Instead, it claims that famine, disease, and the harshness of war had just as big a part to play as military deaths. Meanwhile, early Tuesday, the U.S. administration indicated President Trump is yet to recognize a congressional resolution, which will be received as major positive sign for Ankara. The position of the administration has not changed. After the House and Senate votes, State Department sorry, spokeswoman Morgan Ortega said, Our views are reflective in the president's definitive statement on this issue from last April, she said. The congressional resolution would make it a U.S. policy to commemorate the Armenian genocide through official recognition and re-embrace and reject efforts to enlist, engage, or otherwise associate the United States government with denial of the Armenian genocide or any other genocide. That is by Tyler Durden from Zero Hedge. If you guys want to look more into that article, link's in the description. This is kind of—I mean—that's kind of old news. It's, it's that it's made its rounds around the interwebs. Um, should put this with the tech news. Pentagon wants to spark an American small drone industry, and as I said, Turkey is acquiring um, armed drones that shoot with precision that can be operated three at a time with one individual uh, from you know quite a ways away, but not. Not as far as we can, you know, do our ones from over here to base all the way overseas. So, um, now it looks like our uh, government's trying to get into the game. And uh, this is where we stand on this. Pentagon, Pentagon wants to spark an American small drone industry. The Defense Department expects to focus on domestically created and funded unmanned aerial systems and counter unmanned aerial systems in 2020 as part of its ongoing efforts to secure its supply chain goes on to say, we see this developing an ecosystem to have investment in areas that the Department of Defense thinks are particularly critical for providing capabilities to the warfighter, but also translate many times into commercial products. Under security of defense acquisition and sustainment, Ellen Lord said at the Pentagon press briefing on acquisitions priorities December the 10th. That was a mouthful. And I think you know that DJI flooded the market with low-cost quadcopters particularly, which eroded our industrial base and really altered the landscape for the U.S. government and for small drone industry. 
what we want to do is reinvigorate that. Lord repeatedly heard the need for the system to detect small hobbyist-style drones as she traveled to air base in Qatar, Iraq, and Afghanistan through the course of the year. Though many services and agencies have excuse me, looked into such tech, the department named the Army as the executive agent for counter-UAS. I want to assume a UAS is unmanned aerial system. The department already hosts, or something like that, probably wrong in that, I'm not a military person myself. The department already hosted an event to kickstart U.S. investment into the field dominated by foreign companies. And last month, Defense partnered with Texas A&M University for a drone venture day to showcase national security-related work from 39 U.S., UAS, and counter-UAS manufacturers and 12 trusted capital providers. Those capital partners came from what Lord called, quote, clean money, and small business businesses that started with U.S. government funds at universities and labs. We have found way too many times that we, we have what I'll call adversarial capital among uh, coming into companies. And we then have to go through what I call defensive measures, such as the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS, CFIUS, to stop that, to make sure we have secure and resilient supply chains, she explained. In 2017, the Army, the Army banned soldiers from using drones made by DJI due to cybersecurity threats. The Interior Department in October grounded all of its Chinese-made drones for over-espionage uh, concerns and initiated a review. DJI has pushed back against cybersecurity and espionage claims. Goes on to say, my goal is to make sure we have three to five systems that are tailored to a series of different types of threats, and that we we can get the economy of scale of having a few best systems out there. Lord said, and we talked about how to get those systems into warfighters' hands as quickly as possible along with, very importantly, with training and logistics tail. So, um, there are police departments already in this, uh, in this country that they don't have, I, I don't believe they have them on there yet, uh, but they do have drones that operate in like the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, that basically, they patrol where cops can't necessarily patrol. So they'll fly over certain areas, I would say probably like a Central Park type area, and they'll fly around there and they'll monitor activity that uh, a cop can't necessarily easily access. So they'll just go out and monitor. If there is something there, then uh, I'm sure they're equipped to call in reinforcements. Um, but you could probably, if there's a you know an upheaval of rebellion in this country, whenever we wake up out of the coma we're in from, you know, being taken advantage of and, and um, pillaged for everything um, and given this falsified, you know, illusion of, of what we call freedom, then maybe um, they might see some weapons put on those aerial drones in the near future. But that's neither here nor there right now. Other guys probably have some information on that. That will be coming out shortly. Okay, so... This is what this whole thing is about. The real dealers. So, I think that this is ridiculous. All right, I've had multiple friends pass away from the opiate 
opioid epidemic. Um, I was in a car wreck myself in 2001. Um, I was addicted to op opioids after this, and thankfully, uh, I thank God every day that I got over that. Um, I did use the help of cannabis to get me through it, and it did work uh, without abusing it. It did work. Uh, the car wreck was pretty bad. And I, I was with, you know, uh, three of my buddies. Um, I fractured my sternum, broke some ribs, broke my finger, um, disaligned my tailbone, uh, and lacerated my spleen. So I was injured pretty badly. And I was put on a bunch of opioids, and uh, I kind of got addicted to them afterwards. And then from then on, I had friends that uh, had passed away left and right from this. In our state here, um, Johnson & Johnson was ordered to pay $572 million to the state of Oklahoma for the opioid epidemic. Um, and now we've changed laws dramatically on, on uh, opioids as far as getting a prescription, um, you know, even acquiring a prescription. There's no doctor shopping here anymore. You can't, I mean, I'm sure there's guys that do illegal activities and stuff, but like I said, I've lost a lot of friends. And now what is upsetting to me about this is the family, and their name is in here, um, the Sackler family, who are responsible for creating your, uh, what we call here, Hillbilly H. I'm not even going to say it. Um, they, are, they are now involved in creating the the counteractive drug that will basically save you from this epidemic. So they perpetrate the epidemic on you and then they go and they have the cure and then they sell you the cure. After they get you addicted, they sell you the cure. This is how it is in every field that has to do with anything. You poison your food, you get cancer from either BPAs, GMOs, whatever it may be when it affects the endocrine system and destroys your major organs or your major glands that run from your bottom all the way to your top um, by putting all this poison in your body, and then they're frying you uh, neurologically and everywhere, every other way you can imagine, through thimerosal and in the in the v, you know VCs and all that stuff. Okay, they perpetrate the uh, illness on you. They give you the illness you know, through food, whatever means. Um, and then they say, hey, we have a cure for that or we have a treatment for that. They make more money from offering you a treatment than they would by giving you the cure. So they look at you with dollar signs. Through anything and everything you can think of, your food, your prescriptions, your VCs, whatever it may be, okay? This is what they do. This is... Uh, the scorched earth scenario this is them trying to get rid of this is the depopulation scenario they've been doing this for eons people are like oh well we still got to go through this process now we've been going through a culling for a very long time okay information is just more uh, open to us now it's at our fingertips we can look all this stuff up and this is where we're at oh uh thank you um that's a chroma key background it's not really my background but I thank you Aaron Sanders and thanks for paying attention to the stuff um, 
but this is where we're at. So we're already in the depopulation agenda. It will get worse, but they're killing us through everything, through anything that you intake in your body, the reason they don't want you collecting rainwater, growing your own food, uh, refusing the VCs, why they're going to push the VCs on you, why they're going to take your guns, is because they don't want you to defend yourself when they come to take everything from you. And we are headed straight forward, and nobody is, I mean, we're to the point, we're so asleep because of these things here. We're so asleep that we're just going to lie down and take it. We're just going to let them walk all over us because nobody is willing to do anything about it. And for anybody that's out here uh, glorifying any of this garbage right here, you're as ridiculous as the people that create this addiction. All you're doing is leading the youth. I have children myself. All you're doing is glorifying this stuff and you're leading all these children to an early grave. Is ridiculous. If you're on YouTube bragging about you take Adderalls or whatever it is, uh, you may take Adderalls, but you're basically taking one molecule away from methamphetamines. So stop it. Okay, these kids don't need to be seeing this shit. This is ridiculous. It's getting out of control, and it pisses me off that these people did this to all these people. And I lost friends over this. It pisses me off. And then they're going to turn around and instead of giving you the cure because they gave you the addiction, they're going to charge you to cure you from something they already made you sick from. They don't care about you. They care about your money. That's all that they care about. And this is where we're headed. It, it's ridiculous, and it pisses me off. If you can't tell, it pisses me off. Royally pisses me off. Yeah, uh, Aaron says everyone that has an opiate problem should try Kratom. Is it Kratom or Kratom? I think it's Kratom. Um, I saw a dude actually did... Uh, he tried a Kratom or whatever, and it made him sick. Like I said at the beginning of this, I don't know if you were, were watching, I actually used cannabis to help me get, I don't smoke now, but I used cannabis, which I live in a medical state, so but I use cannabis, and I haven't been on this stuff in, in years. Um, but I used cannabis to get off of it. That's, that's what got me off of doing opiates, was actually cannabis. In rehab, to be honest with you. So, so it says uh, an affiliate of the U.S.-based pharmaceutical company that bought, brought us OxyContin, the blockbuster painkiller blamed for propelling opiate addiction to epic proportions, is now seeking to cash in by selling the cure to overdosing on the same drug. People piss me off, dude. While Purdue Pharma, the major pharma firm owned by the notorious Sackler family, is engulfed in a tidal wave of negative public opinion and lawsuits across the United States, its overseas affiliate Mundi Pharma has quietly expanded across the globe in a bid to monopolize the market for treating opioid overdoses, the Associated Press reports. Mundi Pharma's flagship product is naloxone nasal spray. Okay, naloxone is uh, if, if you've ever gone through this type of thing, naloxone is what is in Suboxone or Subutex doesn't have it, which I think is another idiotic thing. Whether you're treating an addiction with um, methadone or Subutex, which is Suboxone without naloxone in it, you're basically just taking one addiction and trading it for another one. Um, so naloxone doesn't have the Subutex in it or Suboxone in it. It's just a nasal spray. So it says uh, Mooney Farm is a flagship product. It's a naloxone nasal spray called uh, 
Nixoid, so I guess you're nixing opioids, which recently received uh, reviews or recently received approval from regulators in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. The company's European division has attempted to present the antidote as an important option for combating heroin overdoses, which remains the leading cause of overdose deaths across European countries and in this country. Um, with the cost of over $50 per dose in some European countries, the price of Nixoid is far more expensive than heroin, as well as injectable forms of naloxone. Similar nasal spray has a cost of over $100 in the U.S., where opioid overdoses have claimed the lives of well over 400,000 people, a death toll that continues to climb as the opioid epidemic continues unbated. So, in, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, in Canada, they're using taxpayer dollars to buy the substances for the addicts. And then they're giving them safe injection sites so where they can go and shoot up. So people that don't even use these drugs are, are being bought these drugs with taxpayer monies, tax-funded tax drug abuse, and then escorted to a safe injection site where they can freely use their drugs. This is the depravity in the, in the decline of humanity that we're going into. And like I said in my last video, before every great empire falls, you see a mass decline into depravity. And it's everywhere. I'm not even going to get into everything that I think about it. With what they're teaching our children in schools, I'm not getting into all the stuff. You know, forcing all the stuff on, on people, going to take their firearms. You want to do all that stuff? Yeah, you want to arm us because there's more of us and less of you. And that's what, that's what we're getting into. And I'm probably going to get kicked off for saying all this stuff, and I really don't give a damn. That's why you can catch it on a podcast at the Kingsman Report on iTunes, Anchor, CastBox, all of them. The Kingsman Report, and you can check it out on podcasts. This is a live stream, and if I get kicked off here, it's DLive and Twitch. And Periscope, Kingsman Report, live podcast. Yet critics argue that company that aggressively promoted OxyContin Painting the deadly opioid addiction within wave within the United States has that eventually went worldwide should be providing much cheaper, if not free, naloxone products. Yeah, you should. Be responsible for it. I understand, you know, uh, uh, in, in some instances, you chose to take the medication. In some of these instances, people were injured badly enough where they were prescribed these medications, and once they took these medications, it was hard to wean them off of the medication, so then they become dependent upon it. Their bodies needed it in order for them to even function. You create something that strong, put it in these people's hands, and now this is where we're at. We're at this point where that's not working anymore. Now they're going to have to go to the streets and get stronger stuff, and there's people ODing left and right in their cars, and then you want to go and create the substance that counteracts the overdose and sell it back to the people you got addicted in the first place. Need your asses kicked. Says you're in the uh, you're in the business of selling medicine that causes addiction and overdoses, and you're in the business of selling medicine that treats addiction and overdoses. That's pretty clever, isn't it? Lawsuits have also revealed how the massive complex of pharmaceutical firms owned by the Sackler family have sought to cash in on addiction treatments, even while they pulled out the stops in ensuring the proliferation of oxycotton. The company has denied that it has tried to profit off opioids and addiction treatment simultaneously. However, this is the interesting part. However, in one internal document from Purdue uncovered a, in a Massachusetts lawsuit, an illustration showed a blue funnel 
with a top end labeled, quote, pain treatment in reference to the opioids, and the bottom labeled, quote, opioid addiction treatment. The same presentation also said that the company had an opportunity to become an, quote, end-to-end provider effectively manufacturing both the disease of the widespread painkiller abuse and its cure. According to the complaint, Purdue staff wrote, it is an attractive market, large unmet need for vulnerable for vulnerable, underserved, and uh, stigmatized uh, patient populations suffering from substance abuse, dependence, and addiction. Lawyers for the Sackler family have sought to cast blame for the secret plan known as Project Tango. They even got a name for it. On a third-party equity fund. Yet, Monday Pharma's efforts to promote naloxone bear a stunning resemblance to Purdue's envisioned role as an end-to-end provider. Stephen Wood, a fellow at Harvard Medical School Center for Bioethics, who has researched how prices of naloxone products in the U.S. have escalated as the addiction crisis, sw- crisis swelled, believes that the Sackler Empire should make much such antidotes widely available as a simple matter of ethics, he said. If we were trying to find a solution, they would just distribute naloxone for free. They could use all the money they've made off opioids to help support a program where they are giving away this life-saving medication. I agree with him. 100%. You create the junkies, and then you and then you sell the junkies. And for a lot of these individuals, it's too late. They've lost their lives to it. I hope you're proud of yourselves. Sick. And you're twisted. So, anyone that subscribed to the channel, like I said at the beginning of this, I appreciate it. Um, anyone that listens to the podcast, I appreciate it very much. All over the country, people listen, or all over the country, all over the world, people listen to this podcast. You know, stay up people in France. They're like one of the number one uh, people that listen to the, the podcast here. Um, you know, and for all the people that said that, you know, the France are weak, it looks like they're the only ones that are standing on their own and actually doing something about the corruption in their government, the people trying to take their pensions, they're the ones actually doing something. Well, we just sit back and take it. So, big ups to France. You know, as soon as you say, hey, we're going to take your pension, or we're going to raise the age to the pension from whatever it is now to 67 or 74, whatever they're going to raise it to, which I read an article, previous video from this, they, they're tired of it. They got that going on, the immigration crisis going on over there. They're tired of it, and they're the ones that's actually standing up. Maybe, and I'm not inciting anything, we should take into consideration these people actually um, appreciate what they have, and they're not willing to just hand it over freely to the powers that be. So wake up. Um, I'm praying for the people over in Virginia. I hope that it doesn't get to the point to where it's looking like it's going to go. I hope that we can find a resolve with that and that uh, nothing has to go beyond um, what it's already at right now. I think that, um, and I don't even think they've had a, uh, any type of, of mass incident happen in their state. Um, I think they're law-abiding citizens. They're covered under the Second Amendment, and I think they should be able to um, 
keep and bear arms, as the Constitution says. Whether that interpretation is whatever, that interpretation is to protect us from a tyrannical government, is why that uh, was put in there. So, um, I respect them for what they're doing, and I hope that nobody has to go any further than where we're already at, just like I said. So, for everyone that subscribed, thank you very much. For everyone that listens to the podcast, I very I appreciate it. Um, for everyone uh, in the chat, Aaron Sanders, thanks for tuning in, brother. Um, you guys have a safe night. Uh, you know, like I always say at everything, pray for each other, lift each other up. This time of year, check on one another, okay? I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. You guys have a good evening, and until next time, shalom and y'all bless. Have a good evening.